the next Tony Stark, I trust you. What? Mr. Stark left me a message with those glasses. For the next Tony Stark, I trust you. I'm still not following. How many lemonades have you had? Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. Before we get into today's interview that Aaron's got lined up, uh, I'm just going to go through the social media stuff real quick. Go ahead and follow us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Growing Punk Pod. You will find our personal Instagrams and Twitters linked there as well. And of course, wherever you're listening to the show, make sure you rate it, review it, subscribe, that kind of stuff, and share it with your friends. If you like this interview, share it with your friends. So coming up. Right after this, we're about to hear a song from the band, and then the interview on the other side. Aaron chatting with the guys from Far From Heroes. the most rescheduled interview I've ever done but hey you got you got to make it, you got to make a record for everything even if it's not uh, what you want it to be <laughs> yeah well a bunch of dudes with kids it's hard to nail her down I guess yeah yeah no it's no I, that wasn't I wasn't trying to uh, take a shot at you I'm, I, I'm the same I've, I've got kids too and no, that's what I meant. Yeah. Like, I, w- I was blaming you, too. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> I, will, I will happily take the blame on that, but... No, this this is awesome. This is, you know, something we've been talking about doing for a while, and and so, yeah, I'm stoked to, to get to dive into this. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. Maybe if you guys want to um, just introduce who you are and uh, maybe what you guys played in the band Far From Heroes. All right. Uh... I guess I'll go first, uh, being the lead singer and all. So <laughs> my name is Lee, and uh, and I sang for Far From Heroes. And this is Scott, and I played guitar. Right on. Yeah, that's just... And wrote, and, and wrote all the songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 uh, depends on how you look at songs. If, if you consider chord progressions and riffs to be songs, then... <laughs> I still didn't write all of those either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Most, awesome. um, yeah, Most we'll, of them. We'll get into some of the songwriting here in a bit. But yeah, I would love to hear kind of what what got you guys into music. You know, was it in your teenage years? Was it younger? Was it 
you know, your parents had music around. What was it that first kind of piqued that interest in, in wanting to be a musician? Uh, I can, I'll go first on this one. Um, I actually found some uh, 45s that my dad had. Uh, they were Beatles 45s. One was Revolution one side, Hey Jude on the other. One was I Am The Walrus. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a couple others, but I had this like brown and orange Fisher Price record player. I mean, anybody that grew up in the 80s might have had this. Yeah, record. of course. I had one. And you could spin the middle up and play 45s on it. And so I used to listen to these 45s like crazy. And then I um, just started playing guitar and learning the songs. And then um, didn't really like have much of a Well, you skipped, like, you desired... skipped the part where I taught you how to play guitar. But well, okay. <laughs> I was getting to it. But, like, <laughs> but well, basically, like I didn't have much of a desire to to be in a band really but then lee and i had had been friends because our parents were friends when we were little kids but they moved away and when he moved back to sudbury our dads kind of just like were hanging out and shoved us in a room together and lee had already uh gotten into punk rock and started showing me a bunch of shit like that and that's when kind of that's my history anyways i know it involves lee but we we were um, tight for we've been tight for a long time so I showed him I showed him the power cord nice. yeah for sure oh, you for got, sure. gotta have it do you remember what some of those records were that uh that you first got into yeah like well, when when we started listening to yeah like when you guys started hanging out and kind of well, it was all together. tooth and nail tooth and nail yeah all yeah so I, so it would have been uh it would have been 96 i think so um so what was what was like, out in like, life in general was out yet? Yeah, yeah and there would have been some yeah. slick shoes and Goaty Hook and yeah, for sure. We were listening to Goaty Hook, the record value value pack wrestler on the front. Oh yeah, banana, the one with the banana. Yeah, banana dude. man. Oh yeah, we've talked about so, all those bands. So to be clear, I w- I was not like secular music was not permitted in my home at oh, that okay. at that point. Like I was. 13 or 14 or whatever so yeah it was a it was a strict uh christian punk diet which i guess so aaron you had you grew up on the same yeah, thing I, I, yeah. I, well no oh yeah for sure you were talking to him not me <laughs> um i was i didn't really have any rules with secular music but even though i like had kind of a religious family but my parents let me listen to green day and Nice. And that well, actually, like, uh, I wonder how that happens. Like, how, like, how did our parents decide? Like, okay, we're gonna be the same. We're gonna have the same beliefs and go to the same church and stuff like that. But our kids can listen to secular music, but because they were in competition to raise the better child, is what <laughs> it was. <laughs> I, you know it's such a such a weird thing looking back on it i mean I've, I've talked to lots of guys in bands where it was same thing and you know, even for my parents you know they were they were just strict based on what they knew from their parents right they had no context of what any music was whether it was 
Christian or not. They just kind of knew one was a bit safer than the other, but they didn't, they weren't yeah. really basing that off of anything. Right. And so it's, you know, I, I make fun of my parents for that all the time now. And they just kind of, you know, it's like, well, we were just trying to do the best we could. And they, yeah, my mom says that all the time too. You know, they realized yeah. we, we turned out, you know, we turned out good despite whatever music we were listening to or whatever bands we were being influenced by. And, just yeah. because, you know, I'm listening to music with swearing or whatever, it doesn't mean I'm going to, like, you know, start cursing at my parents or whatever, right? It's just... Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, so you you were one of the lucky ones, Aaron. Yeah, I guess so. And, I mean, part of it, you know, once I got to an age where, you know, I was buying my own music or, you know, I was working and buying CDs, like, they kind of stopped checking in on you know, what, what I was listening to. And, and mm. I, again, because they, they probably just didn't even know, and so... You know, had I been rebelled or something more, maybe they would have looked into that part. Yeah, they kind of sound like like they're kind of like a bunch of backsliders or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. It's, I, but I, you know, I'm messing yeah, I, I love that part of our story. You know, it sounds like all of our stories, right, where you kind of you have this one context to where you get into music. And, and I mean, I loved all those bands. You know, had I been being forced to listen to, you know, terrible you know like adult contemporary christian music or something that would have been a whole different thing but because to me i thought all these bands were awesome anyways i didn't feel oh, I think, like i was yeah, being held totally. back so. yeah for I'm, sure. I'm actually like i'm actually somewhat grateful for it like there's there's definitely a part of me that feels like ripped off because like i don't my wife makes fun of me because like super popular songs from the 80s and 90s come on and and i'm like and it's like I'm hearing it for the first time, and I'm, and you know what I mean. And it's like I'm almost forty years old, and I'm like, this song is amazing. And it's like, you know, it's like it's some massive hit by like Heart or something like right. that. But I don't, but I don't know it because I was so sheltered, you know. And then, and I was got so into punk music that when I could find my own stuff, like all that I cared about was other punk bands, and and so like I never really explored. There's this whole catalog of music that i never that i'm like just paying attention to now you know i'm still getting right. to know it so it's kind of awesome in a way and but the reason that i'm grateful is because um christian punk music is such like a, a niche little thing you know what i mean and like i know it's not exactly the coolest thing to be into but i think it's cool and obviously you guys do too and like like mxpx and slick shoes are are some of the best at what they do you know what i mean like yeah, there's no sure. there's no there's no contest there like there might have been kids that didn't like them because they were christian or whatever but i mean there's no denying that that yeah. some of those records are are among the best of the genre yeah. well i got tons of buddies who uh didn't grow up that way who are all in love with slick shoes so like they didn't yeah. cross over they you know what i mean like I find especially Slick Shoes got away with it. Like, where normally people would have been like, oh, so lame, Christian punk. But, like, Slick Shoes somehow kind of, with burnout especially. Yeah. It's because of the ripping, like, yeah, it's the guitar playing. I think that's what, like, the the Jackson's riffs and solos and shit on those albums, like, yeah, yeah, they, they make everyone... Everyone who, you know, can't get over the Christian lyrics or whatever and just like that, I think that sort of like is like, okay, I can look past it because of this amazing 
guitar part or whatever. Right. And and I mean to be fair, like an album like Burnout didn't really have overly, you know, faith based lyrics. Like yeah, a lot of those bands, right? Like maybe a little bit here and there, but it wasn't, you know, what yeah. most people would think of it. And so I always think we we had it better because not only do we have that and we could listen to whatever else versus you know, if you had the attitude of, oh, it's Christian, I want to listen to it, you're, I mean, you're missing out on, on an opportunity to get some cool music. For sure. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. I, I don't know if I uh, knew that about you guys, so that's, yeah, it's good. Well, yeah, basically, cool. it was just Lee and I who were a part of Far From Heroes that were raised that way, and we we started the band, yeah. just the two of us, and then we started playing shows and uh meeting other dudes and then like we met jay and jer if who were playing in two other bands and they thought that we were awesome and they like who didn't grow up like us actually were both in love with slick shoes and mxpx and so we kind of just like they gravitated towards us and kind of weaseled their way in (laughs) basically like yeah, no, that's yeah, that's really cool. So, at what point did, or you know, maybe I'm assuming, but do you know, did did your faith kind of change as you grew and and started playing with other guys, or was it just kind of you just kind of kept going? I mean, we don't have to get necessarily into you know, like no, we can. No, I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, actually, because I was actually going to ask you. Um, yeah. So, like, what? How did you? You live in the states, right? No, I lived in Dauphin, Manitoba, Somewhere? man. That's the first time uh, we lived in Dauphin. Do you live in the states now? No, I'm in Regina, Saskatchewan. Oh my God! Why do I think you live in the states? Okay. <laughs> well, we are pretty far um, away, but yeah, that's true. Um, Maybe just the time change or something. So okay, so were you? That's right. You're friends with Jesse. So you. So it would have been around 2000 or so when you. Well, I heard. Say- one yeah yeah it would have been yeah between 2000 yeah because i graduated in 2002 and then moved to regina so it would have been um before yeah so 2000 we played like a old fire hall yeah of course yeah that was such a cool little venue in our town you were you were there you were at the old fire hall yeah oh yeah did you play that were you in a band and then did you play yeah that so i played in a, a band called means to an end which then switched uh to means to just means yeah 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 right so yeah we, like we played with you guys a few times uh on the out east as well but yeah so yeah we would have played with you at the fire hall and i mean at, that, at that point we just would have been a local band and and you guys just seemed like the coolest band ever so that was awesome oh we weren't but what? Um, yeah we were did you hey any well. band that comes any band that comes to dolphins pretty cool yeah for sure so back then did you know that we had the christian punk music thing in common no no i I mean there wouldn't have been any way to find that out like right unless that was on like your uh, geo city's website or something yeah yeah angel fire yeah there we go (laughs) girl pages yeah right that was awesome So did that, like, I mean, uh, yeah, we don't necessarily need to get into, like, each of your faith journeys or, or whatever, but what, what was the band a part of that, or was it just kind of growing up and learning uh, or what? Early I don't, on, I don't, it was. Yeah. Early yeah, on, sure. we played, like, youth gatherings, youth convention kind of deals, and our first drummer was 
um, a part of a Baptist church in Sudbury whose dad was friends with my dad, Adam Kalari. And, and Lee and I and Adam used to go to the Lansing Baptist Church in New Sudbury and, and practice. And we would open for this other kind of popular Christian band in Sudbury called Canyon Bridge. And we like, it was very like uh, Christian orientated. Well, and like full disclosure, I think the first time that Scott and I played music in front of people probably would have been on the, with the youth group worship team. Yeah, for sure. So, the, and, and I, a couple of times, like Lee and I would ask if we could play an MXPX song. So we did actually Sunday play. morning MXPX. Nice. No, no, no. This <laughs> no, is Friday, Friday, night. Friday night. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we played want dad. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right and, uh, and then I think we did stuff like that a couple of times. Cause I know we also played move to Bremerton. I think we did like an acoustic thing where we played move to Bremerton one time. And, uh, and we played that uh, Bad Hair Day from the Poconacha album. Oh, man, those are some deep cuts there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But so we would have been like, <coughs> excuse me, we would have been like 15 at this point. Yeah. For sure. Well, at least a year older, so 16, 15, 15, 14, something like that. And uh, then actually Lee was in a class in high school with this older dude who... Uh, who heard our our demo that we made and asked us to play our first punk show. I, I maybe let Lee tell that story. Yeah, um, Brent Brent Ellis. Brent and it and he he played in a band called Freestyle, which was an amazing kind of like skate punk band. Uh, but, yeah, Sudbury. that we were all obsessed with. Yeah, they were like. They like so we started this little band and and we were you know trying to do our thing but and they were like the older guys who were who who were were doing it and were they were already awesome at it you know and uh, so anyways yeah the, I ended up being in a class with one of these guys so I gave them this our little demo tape and uh, and that was the invitation to our first real punk show it was a like an all ages. Yeah, December eleventh, nineteen ninety eight. Wow, Hall. And bands from out of town, all the way from Sault Ste. Marie, (laughs) North Bay, (laughs) and North Bay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so I think that's kind of that would be the beginning of the uh, of our of Leah and I backsliding. (laughs) Like yeah, like we kind of got we were like holy shit like we couldn't believe that things like this were going on right and we had no idea because it was just lee and i we had no other friends really right and we were all into punk rock and we didn't know that anybody else was and we got invited to this thing and there was like a hundred people there all into the same shit as we were and we were just like blown away and then it just kind of spawned from there pretty much i remember i remember being really blown like the thing that was blowing my mind the most was that it was like it was just a bunch of high school kids that were just able to smoke cigarettes indoors all night like it was just 
Literally, yeah, it, it, was, it was a kind of like, yeah, it was, it was anything goes. Yeah, living the dream. I was like, like it just it seemed so like I think probably especially from growing up, like you know, growing up Christian. Hey, we should do it. You could do another podcast called Growing Up Christian. Oh, um, I, I can't imagine that would be. Uh... <laughs> um. Uh. I couldn't believe, like, it just, I couldn't believe that we could all be there playing with our bands and, and smoking cigarettes with no parents or, like, adult supervision. Like, there was, like, probably some old lady or something that was responsible for the hall who was probably losing her mind because <laughs> I, re- I remember the next day there was, like, um, the guy who, the guy that I was in the class with who kind of put on the show was getting reamed out for there being like a million cigarette burns in the carpet because it was a carpeted uh, hall and like she had no idea what she was getting into when she allowed that show to happen (laughs) yeah i don't think there was many many shows there after that yeah they all ended up at a couple other halls in sudbury after that with hardwood floors (laughs) non-carpeted halls yeah (laughs) <laughs> was there ever like actual touring bands that came through Sudbury then, or or when? Oh yeah, you know? like all oh, the yeah. small man bands used to right, come yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah. like you'd get some Gob used bands to, like Mugshot and uh, stuff like that. Uh, get the Getaway, Full Blast would come. Yeah, right on. Um, like and then a like as. We started to well, we we played with uh, Alexis on Fire, Billy Talent, Strung Out. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like as we started touring, the, the the and kind of getting a little bit more popular, like 400, 500 people would be coming to these shows at Knights of Columbus to see Heroes, and like the the, the, the I think the scene kind I think of got Serbian Hall. Knights of Columbus, there was Moose Lodge, there was a bunch that were hosting yeah. us. But like I said, the, the scene was getting kind of like a surge. And then this one dude, Sean Parsons, started booking like bigger names to come through. Like, uh, you know, Grade would come with like, you know, Static Lullaby and like, yeah, that's awesome. but that was like, that, would, that was a couple years later. Like, early 2000 like 2000 2001 stuff like that so so was it shows like that that made far from heroes think like hey maybe we we can pursue this a bit more had you guys already decided by then to no what happened was is that we were well basically we fell in love with newfound glory with that first self-titled and then we got this like we started obsessing about getting signed to especially trying to get signed to drive through that was our like oh, yeah, we gotta get signed to drive through so um <laughs> we just started sending a demo cd and we literally like made like you know the promo package right and, and in a big brown envelope with a shot and like a, a disc and like a write-up and all that bs and we sent it to like a million different labels probably 50 of them like really and we sent one to Spawner Records, yeah. Um, and Kyle Richardson got back to us, and like he put lit the fire under our ass and kind of helped us get like our first 
tour. He had because you know the internet was like barely a thing. Yeah. Back then. We used that book your own fucking life. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh and, and plus a ton of his contacts and you know, some of the shows you play to the other band you're playing with and they they would play to you, you know what I mean? There'd be nobody there. But that's kind of how the touring thing started because Spawner um yeah, he kind of pushed it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I had just like but before we did our first tour, I'd just been um, on a tour as a replacement guitarist for Project Wise, like a rap rock band. Oh yeah, was, I totally remember them. Yeah, <laughs> jump, 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 freeze. Yeah, and their guitar player was sick, and um, these the two MCs from that band were from Sudbury, and they saw us play and they asked me to replace this guy so that was my first tour and it was giant like nickel opening for nickelback finger 11 like these yeah. giant shows. Oh, man. yeah i remember that and uh so when i got home from that uh, like i was like you know telling my best buds and heroes about like how amazing it was and how like we got to do this right and then yeah like i said kyle helped us do the first one and like obviously it was like pretty mediocre but yeah well, um, that's quite a smaller label than drive through for those who haven't heard of spawner it was a smaller well, yeah, Canadian I, label, right <laughs> out of vancouver or out of that area yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. i think uh yeah well burnaby maybe right yeah somewhere in that area that's funny you say spawner because that was langley that's it yeah you're right yeah spawner was the first label that that i wanted to be on too just like because of bands like year we'd play with you know complete and tim bands in regina and it's like oh man like the owner of uh spawner because he was playing in in complete was like oh he's gonna see us and you know he just didn't care because we were just some opening band and but but to me that label was a big deal even though well hey man like they were they were willing to press us a real cd yeah yeah for sure like we didn't really we didn't really like grasp the difference back then between something like spawner and drive-through it was like a label was a label almost and then i think we were just open to anything anything to get us off the ground yeah well just any just yeah like oh someone someone likes us and yeah wants like is able to help out like, and he was a lot older than us and like he was very enthusiastic and you know I mean, about us and like so that's how the touring thing really started for us and then we just like got the fever like you know shows sucking or shows being awesome didn't matter we were you know together in a van hanging out doing our thing every day like yeah. we would we would we would do like 40 days in a row come oh, home for sure like so that that's pretty much the the backstory on the on the touring part but i think there was always like i don't think there was any really like one point that made us say like oh like let's let's do this seriously like or let's take this seriously or like i think that was always sort of like from inception i think it, it was sort of like we wanted to do everything we possibly could right with with it because i because i remember i distinctly remembered when uh our bass player Bouge joined the band jay um um i remember talking to him it was so 
it would have been in the days where like there would be chat rooms and stuff that you would talk to your friends to at night on the internet yeah something like that and i remember i remember talking to him and saying something like you know just being like whatever like a pumped here in the band and then and something about along the lines of like um you know because it's gonna be awesome because we're gonna tour and like you know like i would so i was like 18 years old probably and just full of steam you know like we're gonna be huge and we're gonna tour and you know it's it's gonna be amazing and and he was kind of like whoa 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 like what do you mean you know like he's always been (laughs) the the sensible one and i'm like yeah like we're gonna we're gonna tour we're gonna be like a real band that like goes on tour and like has fans and like does the whole (laughs) thing and and he was and he was like kind of like oh yeah yeah we're gonna have one inch buttons and uh, come on man like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh the real deal here one inch i had yeah i had to i had to talk him into it you know because he he was just coming at it from like a different um headspace and but uh but yeah like just yeah not that um, like i'm not trying to say like uh you know it was it was whatever happened was meant to be or whatever and it's not like we had a real great level of success to really talk about in the first place but um i think what what we did make of it was definitely like you know sort of in envisioned or whatever yeah so um and then from there like i I brought up project wise earlier um the the two MCs Yas and Bobby ended up being our managers, and uh, they got us a, a development deal with Sony Music, just like the Canadian side of Sony. Right. So um, they were putting us up in hotels, bringing us to Toronto. We were recording like day in day out. Like we thought this was it. Like we're going to be giant. Like we're working with real producers that are paying for everything. And like, I think that's when, um, that, that was the beginning of the, the letdown. The, the naivete was gone. <laughs> like we, we, we were like, Oh, we are going to do this. Like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And, and actually that was the beginning of the end for sure. So was yeah. that with, like this was um, after it's only me you lose, and then you were in the studio recording betrayed you with a kiss. No, so no? this was after it's only me you lose. We have probably thirty songs recorded, maybe 20, 30, 20 or thirty songs recorded. They're all they're all on never, Spotify. Yeah, they're on Spotify under a uh, like unreleased, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those songs, so the. They, Sony either recorded at their studio or came to Sudbury, like two producers would come to Sudbury, work with us, and then we would demo them at Easter Island Studios in Sudbury and then send them there. And um, uh, basically, we're, yeah, we're, like how it looks like I'm looking at it right now. Look, about half of the the unreleased stuff that's on Spotify is like from all over the map like right from all yeah, different yeah. periods of time but like it looks like about half of it was probably recorded at the at sony and then the and then the other half was at east Island and so Sudbury. so after that deal fell through like they decided that they weren't going to sign us we yeah. had no contract that 
that if they didn't decide to sign us, that they would press 2000 of the It's Only Me Lose CD and EP and, uh, and mix and master it. So when they decided we weren't going to, they, they weren't going to sign us, they pressed us these records and we instantly went and toured it and sold them and we didn't have to pay for them. So that was pretty sweet. And why did that deal fall through? Well, basically like the, the well, the A&R guy, um, his name was Mike Rowe. This guy was like, kind of like haywire like he was very excited all the time and he made us excited but meanwhile we had no idea but this the president her name was denise donlin actually she was like a much music vj in the 80s she the whole time wanted nothing to do with it like and we just had no idea yeah so i think the whole thing was doomed from the beginning they just weren't letting us in on that you know and they were trying to convince her and well and sony sony music canada basically shut down and like as a as a label like they they went to just like a strictly publishing company so i thought that was like like years later though no Mm, i don't think so Mm. but well, let's just chalk it up to that then. We didn't sure. get shot down. They went out of business. <laughs> no, I, but I, I do distinctly remember Denise Donlin not liking us. Well, we trashed a hotel room at Inn on the Park in Toronto and like cost them a bunch of money. And like our buddy came and he had eaten chili and we got all hammered and he barfed the chili all over oh, the bed. Like, so, and like we had to switch rooms and they had to pay for so it's like she hated our guts man yeah like, yeah <laughs> and i re- i remember distinctly too we uh we had some new songs that we were bringing up to show the a and r guy and uh it was a burnt cd and with a sharpie i wrote on it because the he used to call us the heroes or yeah he used to call us the heroes and i wrote the fucking heroes with a sharpie and <laughs> So this burnt CD ends up in Denise Donlin's car and she has like young kids uh, and, and uh, I remember bumping into her at the Sony building and she was like, Oh yeah. And that was the story that she had for me. It was like, yeah. So I was in the car with, uh, with my young children and uh, your CD popped out and it said, the fucking heroes on it and i was like oh okay good did you like it you know <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard the story <laughs> oh man so well, oh, yeah. yeah so that fell through and then like were you guys pretty like depleted from that or? no no we actually like we were gung-ho when that fell through and that's where betrayed you came from and then we did betrayed you with the kiss and we thought like you know what we wanted to take it into like a new direction and we start like we were really like um kind of snobby about uh other music that wasn't pop punk like like oh nine inch nails like uh, (laughs) like you know i mean you're a loser but now like you know with teeth is one of my favorite records of all time but like um we started to we wanted to stray from that attitude and we started just accepting all ideas jer got a lot more involved in like the 
riff making and song structure and Theo and Jer would get together and write without me, which was, which didn't really happen before that. And that's how this heavier vibe came about um, that where that record came from. Like, I don't know. I think the used was not that you can hear an influence from the, no, but it was, it was the aggression. I think that we were being influenced by. Yeah. It was one that, that there was like a the that whole like emo sort of post hardcore thing started getting more yeah. popular. And... Yeah. Yeah. However I feel Betrayed You with the Kiss has has its own sound. I mean, like I, I'm not just trying to, to kiss your ass, but it's like that album is in it might be in like my top ten all time favorite albums, which wow. <laughs> like I don't know, there's just something about like I've you know thankfully it's on Bandcamp because I lost my copy and Scott hasn't sent me another one yet. So. I got I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> but yeah, thankfully it's it's online and and so I can listen to it. It's just I don't. There's just something about it that just always makes you want to listen through. It's a very intriguing and engaging album in in many ways. And so I'd love to kind of talk about it and break it down a bit. And um, I, I can still remember uh, Lee. I think you had sent a few of the songs to Jess bombing. And, uh, so he was, you know, my best friend in Dauphin. And, and so I was over at his place once and I can still remember just standing in his room, him playing it. And I just was so blown away by it. And, you know, this was fairly early on with internet and stuff. And so, you know, you just kind of heard new stuff whenever, whenever you could find it or whatever. And, and, uh, so yeah, I don't know this, this album, you know, I, I hold it dear. It's, it's an album I can always go back to and, yeah, it's cool. I I think it was, I think kind of what makes it kind of unique is that like Scott was saying, it was just like a really, I think it was probably the most creative that we ever were, like where it was well, just like, I think there was like, an, because of the disappointment and sh- and that shit, like we were all just kind of like, let's just do whatever we want kind of thing. And there yeah. was like, yeah, there was, there was less of a, like a, also, we sat for... down to write a record, and that was the first yeah, time we did that's that. That's true too. Yeah. But we we rehearsed <clears throat> like four times, five times a week, and the purpose was to write that record. Like we we'd never done that before. We never we also just, we, we it just was, wrote songs before that. It was also after it was also like around the time shortly after uh, Blink's self titled. Oh yeah, for sure. That so had a and big the, influence on it. Yeah. Sure. So and you know those guys were obviously taking more chances and stuff like that. At, yeah. At the at about the you know that album kind of stands out for Blink as like a more creative kind of a endeavor, endeavor too too. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't we there wasn't there wasn't any real like okay the, like it wasn't like okay this is the sound that we're going for it was right. just we were all like the five of us were just we were together all the time we the, we didn't have to talk about it we were we were all on the same page you know what i mean like it wasn't like we had to have a conversation about like ashes the first song ashes yeah is that is, is where the that's how it started began. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, actually like that, that's that's the first song that I heard. That was one of the ones that that Jess had and yeah, just when yeah. that first verse comes in where it's just like, you know, the, the guitars kind of cut out with the drums still going like that yeah. was that was so cool. Yeah, we really liked that too. It was like And, and then, I think yeah, uh, I think after that song it was like 
yeah, it was like, okay, this is this is a different and cool, and yeah, we should we should go with this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned the used and that that Blink album. So I I love that used album, and I that Blink self titled is my least favorite Blink album. Um, so that's yeah, it's interesting that you took from those two. But what I think is is special is that you took those influences but i don't necessarily i wouldn't have even really thought of those two albums or bands unless you guys said that so you were able to be, take those influences but still make something original which is pretty hard to do well yeah that's cool and i agree with you like i don't hear any specific like it's not like we ripped those records off at all um, I think it was more a vibe and more a, uh, a like fearless approach into a new direction was more the influence we were taking from from them instead of an exact like you know all oh, that riff I want to make something like that riff or no it was just like kind of they in they kind of influenced us into taking a new direction yeah. Well, I love that you guys, like, you kept the hooks of, you know, pop punk, but you did it in a way that, you know, it was darker, darker melodies and um, just different song structures, but it's still so catchy. And that's, I think, what, what always gets me is it's so catchy, but in a different way than every other pop punk album is, if, if that's what you would even call this. But Yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. It is, it, I don't know. Like, You're making me want to listen to it. I guess. Oh, <laughs> we, we always started some fresh ears. A, we we started calling ourselves a rock band after that record. Yeah, much. yeah, for sure. But like, I mean, Jer and Lee together uh, kind of acted as our lead vocal a lot in that record. Like, it, I I don't know. I found anyways. Like that that's the lead vocal of that record i find is like when jer and lee are singing at the same time yeah there's so many good vocal parts on that album yeah so i got a question for aaron um so you didn't know like i because i asked you before about the whole christian punk thing but i'm wondering if i'm wondering if you there was like some sort of thing where you were like i like far from heroes because they draw from the same influence as me with knowing it. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah. That, that's interesting. I mean, I never, I never thought, you know, never thought or knew that, that you guys had that background, but yeah, that, that was one of the parts I wanted to touch on, you know, lyrically on this album. So one of the, I don't know if either of you guys are a fan of the show lost. So I yeah. never watched it. Okay. I know that's crazy to hear, but <laughs> I think I think Lost I know what Lost happened. was actually after wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it would have been after this, but I just mean Okay. So yeah. for me, for some reason I associate this album with with the T V series Lost. I think just because it's you know, it's got the dark elements to it, you know, it kinda of pulls you in with with these characters, you know, there's the the subject, you know, of good and evil and dark and light and you don't really know who's, you know, which side of uh, good and evil people are on. And so I don't, I don't mean, I'm, maybe I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air here, but I'd love to hear kind of lyrically what was, what was inspiring you. Um, yeah, I, I just, I love the contrast. Like I kind of pick up little nuances lyrically of, 
you know, maybe now that I, I know that you had that upbringing that maybe there was, you know, some tension there you were drawing from, you know, kind of um, those two different sides. So, yeah, I'd love to hear if any of that's correct or, or not. Well, yeah, no, yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, so obviously, you know how I was brought up now. And then around the time of that album, my parents separated and it was Mm. like super ugly, like a a really ugly divorce. And, you know, I was 19 years old, but it was still like, you know, earth shattering for for me at that time. So being this like sort of uh, sheltered young man with like stars in his eyes to suddenly have, your family dissolved like that was like Mm. really, you know, it it changed me big time. And I think that, I think that came, I think that came through in the lyrics and it was, and it, it became this, it became even more than that because it was like, you know, not only was, were my parents getting divorced, but it was like, okay, well now like now, and it's not how I feel now about, uh, spirituality or religion or anything but i came very uh i don't know what the word is uh i i just i yeah jaded i yeah i definitely wasn't buying into uh to any type of faith or anything like that so like most of the references like i i'm making some biblical references and stuff like that yeah in the record but i'd say that they're kind of uh sarcastic sort of tongue-in-cheek-ish yeah yeah for sure i don't know if you pick that up from listening to it well yeah that's why i was curious because with you know as i listen it's like okay it seems like they're taking from you know i mean even just the title betrayed you with a kiss i mean you know Mm -hmm. people just know it's you know story of jesus and so i i always thought like okay is this coming from that place or is this just kind of using that you know well we, i think we whatever. just thought that that phrase was cool and like this and i think it's the sixth song say a prayer i think lee was like correct correct me if i'm wrong here but he just wanted to tell the story and because we were talking about how like sometimes lyrically like storytelling is cool and we never like lee didn't really explore that avenue before that yeah and it's a and it's a cool story i don't know if there was any real meaning behind that song other than just like we wanted to have a song that was telling a story right lee am i right uh say a prayer yeah so it's well it's a story of betrayal so it's hard not to but um i i remember the uh i actually remember the moment when we decided on the name for the album because i i thought it was kind of cool because it kind of like it kind of hit home on like three levels and uh billy brumuller was there who's the guy the engineer who recorded the album and i i think i think we had a few or at least two like different contenders to name the record and um and we were like betrayed you with a kiss because of the song that's sort of about Judas, but it's also kind of, kind of like a theme on the record. And then Billy chimed in with like, and it's also because you've changed your sound, so you're betraying <laughs> your fans. But it's but it's good, so it's with a kiss. <laughs> I'll take it. 
<laughs> and yeah, and I remember being like, well, now we have to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. How do you guys remember how the songs came together? Like just with, with shifting the sound, was it a struggle? Like, did it feel forced at all or did it come pretty naturally? No, no because we were like, we, we decided we weren't going to shoot down any ideas like, Oh, that doesn't sound like us. Or, Oh, that doesn't sound like actually the second song push the button. Um, Theo wrote the guitar part for that song. No, it was it was Jay, wasn't it? No, it was Theo, hmm. for sure. And I know, um, I know, it was Jay and Theo who like worked it out together. But it it was Theo's guitar. It was Theo's like, guitar we, part. We never let Theo write guitar riffs before that. <laughs> <laughs> He's so a we're drummer. like, okay, I guess uh, all this talk about us not seeing no to anything we have to say yes to theo this time <laughs> well and to be to be fair any any one of the guys in the group could have could and still could write write an amazing album oh well, i'm just the, joking the time that song I yeah, love that yeah. Song. no i'm just saying um there's a Willy Wonka reference. Yeah, that's I what i thought right like the lyrics in there about like when they're in the, in that boat or something yeah. right yeah, I when I was like, if I was stuck for lyrics, I used to just like get mega high and and watch movies with my notebook and just like write down lines that stood out for me and see if I could. And and as I just remember, like I was watching that movie and as a kid, that part used to like really freak me out. Yeah, when, it's, it's have you seen bizarre. you've seen the movie? Obviously, yeah. Like where he's and there's like the rooster and. And they, yeah, the Oompa Loompas are rowing the boat. Yeah, yeah and, it's kind of uh, creepy. But yeah, my my kids are oh, actually terrifying. reading that book right now for school, so we've watched the the old version and the new oh, version. Nice. So I mean, I'll forever think of you guys when I watch it too. So good job on that. Well, and just is it Gene Wilder is the name of the actor? Just yeah, I think like, so. Yeah, the way that he's like the way that he says those lines, like he's like he's just ranting these and it's like poetry and he's like on this crazy boat and i don't know it just always really got me yeah that's so. awesome is that the only line um in the album that was influenced by a movie well that that whole song i think the lines are kind of taken from different parts in that movie but uh yeah i think that's the only i think that's the only movie that was stole one from for that album yeah, no, that's cool. So what's like with this album, I, I can't I really recall, like were you guys still touring full time or what kinda happened in, in this era? So you guys put this album out and then and then what? So we did tour it and it went really well. Like I think one of the one of the only tours we came home like with money in our pocket. Hmm. And who released um, this album? Was it self released? Yeah, we didn't we didn't release it with anybody. Oh, okay. Um, I think we only we, ever printed like 500 copies. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, but we like, man, we wanted to, but we, uh, we ended up, I think touring it for like over a month, 40, 45 days. And then I think that's where kind of shit went sour. Like, I think we were just kind of, I don't know, 
I know Lee, especially just because of what he mentioned there with his parents and stuff, he was um, the first one to kind of have Call had it. enough. Yeah. Mm. I, and, yeah, and it was, yeah, like for me, it was, uh, we were getting older, like not, you know, like looking back now, it was like we were still super young, but right. probably like, you know, 20, 22 or something. But I mean, when you when you started the band at fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah it's, twenty twenty two feels pretty old, and it was just like, and I, we were, yeah, we would play and stuff, and and I would see, you would see the other bands where like you know guys would be in their thirties or whatever, and they were basically doing the same thing that we were, right? You know, sleeping on floors and Kyle Richardson sleeping in bands, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> which I mean. And man, power to them. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I wish I was, I wish I was the type of person that would have, you know, could have loved doing it for another twenty years. But right. I was just like, man, and it, you know, you just, it, it was just getting to that that point for me, anyways. Mm. Yeah, which which sucks because you know you had this this great album and you know you had that you know potential to just really break out but i mean you know for those that are into the music industry i mean there's there's so much chance and luck to it i mean you can be the the best hardest working band with a great album to back you and just kind of fall on your face because you just you're not getting the opportunities or it's not the right time for that record or whatever it is yeah right? like it's we we were lined up to do a video for ashes and we had a treatment done and everything and um I think that would have made a huge difference if we had a, because we already had our foot in the door at much and like they played the start the circus video and had us on the punk show and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, we were stoked to do this video and the treatment sounded amazing. Um, and then I forget what Lee, do you remember why that didn't happen? Was I like, think it was like money? a funding thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Cause uh, we were trying for video, video fact and stuff like that. Right. So but it wasn't. Yeah. I think that could, like, cause you know, like with Alexis, like that, uh, archery bid there where they're, oh, in, uh, yeah. that's what did it for them. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that video. And I think had we have done the ashes video, maybe things would have been different for FFH. Had, had that gone well, were you guys in a place where you would have pursued it? Or like you said, Lee? Oh, like hell yeah. Were... Okay. Hell yeah. It was like more or less just, you know, and plus like parents on your back too, right? Like about going to school right. and you're rating yeah, that prime where that. you're like, you know, like, what are you doing with your life? Like, well, it's like little did they know they'd be saying that to me until I was 30. Like, I don't know. Um, there's the pressure, just mm. a lot of pressure and like some disappointment. And then, you know, maybe some, um, not getting along as, as good as we used to. Yeah. I mean, musically it was getting kind of crazy too. Like the, the sound was, was changing. Yeah. And, like we did and a I've, demo with five songs and they were like really heavy 
and that's I think where you kind of yeah I felt like I was like man this I don't know what to do on these tracks <laughs> although when I listen to it now I love it like I have them I don't I don't have full well, versions. I, but... No, you know what it was? I think I think it could have worked out, but we were we were demoing them with this guy who um who we hadn't worked with before and he was nothing against his like skills or anything like that, but he was just it wasn't like I don't know. I was going through some shit and it just like it wasn't the right thing for me and it's just it it just kind of like took something that i that i felt was not working and made it worse yeah. you know yeah and some things i mean are just even though you kind of want to keep pushing it to see where it's going to go sometimes you just got to let things be and and just move on it's just kind of best for everyone which is sad but i mean that that goes for lots of things in life right like sometimes you just got to be like well you know we kind of gave it a shot and it's going to take too much out of us to keep pushing it. So, well, better to, better to burn out than fade away. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I like I wasn't done. Like when like we well we actually auditioned a few singers after Lee kind of called it quits. Oh, okay. Um, but that didn't work out, and then Jer and I moved to London and joined Blue Skies at War. Oh yeah, which I, I totally remember. But that. I, I still don't know why jared didn't just thing yeah well i pushed for that but um not everybody was on board i i would have i mean because i could have just taken over the lower harmonies and acted like the new lee and jared could have just taken over as like you guys you could have emulated what was there yeah you could have sure. continued uh, to have been and just a four piece and yeah. actually and if probably if you guys would have done that i would have been like well, fuck you guys! I'm coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do this without me. You think I could come back? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to audition, man. I don't know. Our sound is yeah, yeah. We, we would say no for a week just to make you sweat. And then, ah, just joking. <laughs> you can write lyrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, be our, just be our, our sideline guy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, we got we got to wrap up here soon because my uh, my kids are going to be home and it's going to get loud in here. But I just wanted to to briefly touch on. So, was that last year that you guys released that EP? Yeah. Yeah. So what what brought that about? So um, I like I do a lot of writing. I've really never stopped, and I had this like like kind of collection of tunes well basically whatever i write i send to lee and i've never stopped like ever since heroes broke up like i basically anything i've ever written i send to lee and then he fucks around with it and sends it back to me and and uh and that we we just never released any of it but um i had these five songs and uh they had like this crazy 80s vibe i don't know what was going on but we just decided we were going to do something with this finally and uh i showed theo he hopped on i showed booge he hopped on jer so basically we all did our own tracking at our own homes um you know because we all live five hours from each other now 
um, except for Theo and I. Um, and then we sent it all to our friend Siegfried at Beach Road Studios, and he mixed and mastered it. So it was kind of a, a little bit of a postal service project. Mm. We were never really ever all in the same room. Like, yeah. no. Booge came over to do some bass at my house one time. Jer came. I went to Jer's to do some guitars one time. But other than that, we were all just doing it at home and sharing the the Send logic sessions and adding and adding. And um, that's how that came about. And we were really in love with it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The hype kind of got lost in the uh, internet land, I guess. So nobody really cared, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember when I came across that, I was like, "This can't be. This can't be the same band." Like, not. Yeah, not well, I is. mean, before I even listened, I was like, "I haven't heard dudes. anything about this." And I put it on. I was like, "I don't know if uh, if this is the same or not." I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. So you said this can't be the same band, and I said, "Well, that is all the same dudes." Like it was the five of us: me, Lee, Theo, Booge, and Jer. So Aaron. Yeah. Full, full honesty. Do you, do you hate it? I I wouldn't say I've listened to enough it enough to hate it. So with with me, often with bands, you know, he hates if it. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 not betrayed you with a kiss. I'll say that. No. I'm I'm the kind of music guy that like I just I kind of like what I know. Like I don't. I mean, I listen to a lot of new bands, but not necessarily a lot of new styles. So often if I put a record on, it's like, ah, it just makes me want to listen to the record I really love and know. And so I I, yeah, I, I kind of suck that. at that with music, you know, like it's, I find it hard to force myself to listen to something that maybe doesn't come easy to listen to, but I do. I mean, I still have it saved on Spotify and I do, I do want to spend some more time with it, especially after talking with you guys about it. And, you know, just sometimes even just that kind of piques my interest. It's like, okay, I got a bit more information about it. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out again and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it, cool. You guys had the opportunity to do that. For sure, it, 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 we did it for us more more than anything. Yeah, well, yeah. At this point, that's that's what you should do. And it was a bonding thing, and it was getting us back to doing what we love, and like it, it really like it did bring us back together. So that was a really cool thing. Like you know, fifteen years later. So that's pretty much like what what the story is on that for sure yeah the art the, oh the artwork is a was is a big part of it too uh this guy in london ontario jeremy Bruniel. um anyways i'll just name drop him there but um it was just kind of a little art project for us all to be involved in so yeah well that's what's so cool now but you know like you with uh internet and stuff like you guys said you don't even have to be in the same room but you can still put content out there you know it's it's more so for yourselves if other people want it it's there but you know, exactly yeah, I, I think that's great to do even like just to challenge yourselves to still be creative and and there's no pressure right it's like well if nobody likes it then so what you guys yeah you had fun doing it no loss right and so yeah we we always compared it to like a dude who wished he made the nhl but didn't and just plays beer league hockey now <laughs> like you know yeah. what's the difference like <laughs> right you're, you're not trying to make it you're just like you know you enjoy it and why not do something that you love so yeah exactly 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, do you guys have any plans on like continuing to to make music together, or is it just if it happens, it does. If not, then we we've got oh, a I, bunch of demos. I have, I yeah, I have like a bunch of skate punk that I like. I'm kind of in this mode right now where I wish we didn't write betrayed and we just stayed pop punk the whole time. Not, I know you wouldn't be happy about that, but. Um, <laughs> So I've been like on this huge kick and just writing a, a shit ton of like nineties, mid nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, that's, that's right up my alley. Up. It's still still mostly what I listen to. But now that everyone's popping out babies, it's just getting harder and harder to find the time, you know, pursuing careers, things right. like that. So, yeah, for sure. So yeah. we'll see. It's not like no one's against it, for sure. Like everybody like we all still love each other and want to do it. So it, yeah. it, I mean, it could happen. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Sweet. Well, how about we end with, uh, I'd love to hear both of your top three punk records of all time. Ooh. So I'll let Lee start. And oh, project wise can't get... be included. <laughs> well, <laughs> time to think about it. Um, well, actually I... I saw like, um, I saw a meme today. It's something about uh, someone calling Third Eye Blind their favorite pop punk band or something <laughs> like that. Nice. No, sorry. So they they won't be in there. Okay, so top three pop punk albums. I'm gonna go with uh, um, the Ever Passing Moment. Nice. Um, take off your pants and jacket. Oh, what a classic. And uh, either either Burnout or, fuck, I don't know. Just looking at my CD collection. Newfound Glory, Sticks and Stones. So many good ones. Yeah, Green I Day, know. Warning. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I would say for sure my top three pop punk records of all time. Easy for me enema of the state dookie and sticks and stones those, those are oh, all albums that, that I two mentions for sticks and stones yeah oh i mean like that record is so killer the, yeah. the, what about the young and the hopeless <laughs> i love that record i always have but it's amazing i don't really rock it anymore and those three records i just named i listened to well, at least once a week yeah Penny bridge pioneers oh man that's hey i just listened to a podcast on that album actually yeah just sorry what one last little tangent just going all the way back to the beginning talking about green day um because um I can't remember which one of you guys said that you were your parents allowed you to listen to green day so i found me. maybe i was in like grade five elementary <laughs> school i mean i had no concept of really anything musically and i found a tape on the schoolyard playground that had i think one side was was green day and the other side was the offspring so smash and dookie or dookie and uh so i mean i had no idea what it was but i was just like this is awesome like i've never heard of this and so even if uh, my parents tried to stop me um it was just fate that i was meant to hear no it, way so. <laughs> how old were you well that was i mean even if it was grade six so whatever that is i don't know 11 years old or and that was your that was your introduction to to punk music. Uh, I might have known about 
punk, but that was definitely my introduction to like secular punk or bands that, you know, I probably wouldn't have found until later, but I didn't even know what they were. I didn't even know how, you know, at what point maybe I showed a friend or something and he told me what it was. Maybe it was just years later when I got it on CD and it was like, oh, that's what that was. Okay, well, I've been listening to this for years. Yeah, that's cool that you found it. I yeah. like that you found it in the schoolyard, though. Like, that's like, if you told your, like, how old are your kids now? Uh, 11, 8, and 6. Like, they wouldn't even know what that means if you told them that, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, they would think I'd like, like, oh, you found, like, a phone or something or, or an iPod? Or... Yeah. Yeah. So Dude, Dad, found, Dad <laughs> found an MP3 at school. <laughs> so, yeah. one, one single MP3. <laughs> Just an MP3 lying on the ground. <laughs> so I'm walking over from school. And I tripped over this MP3. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Well, I hear, I hear my kids uh, coming in the back door here, so... Yeah, d- right, guys, man. that that was that was such a pleasure. Thanks so much for making the time to do it. I that makes me so happy. Just even if it's just for my own enjoyment, getting to hear these stories and talk with you guys. And hey, you that's know. the theme for the night, right? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. it for yourself. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, so guys. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, awesome. All right, take care, guys. You too. Bye. Bye. Right. See you guys. See you, Scott. Awesome. Well, that was my talk with Lee and Scott from the band Far From Heroes. Um, if you're not familiar with them, I strongly advise you go and, and check them out. Um, their albums are on streaming services, and uh, they're still albums, like I said, I listen to all the time. And so, yeah, if, if this interview was something that piqued your interest, um, then definitely go and check them out. That is all for me. We will check you next time. Peace. So much more sense. He always knew I would do what's right, and he's not going to give them a fury because fury would just give himself, Edith. All right, you're probably right about that. Right. So the world needs the next Iron Man.